Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Why, Brent? Is it? This is the day the Lord has made. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. It's, it's true. Everybody seems a little grumpy today. I yeah. So I just thought I'd try to be the cheerful one. Who are you calling uh, grumpy? The chipper. You're a little grumpy. Chad? Is this I, true? I, I don't know. Chad, don't. I, I wasn't thinking that you were grumpy. I didn't either. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't, it's uh, I'm it's, kind of a that kind of stuff anyway, yeah. so. No, we're all we're all it, we're all in great moods. Is it because it's the first, first of September and like we're begrudging we're the fall? Is that what it is? It's smoky out too. It's, it's is... pumpkin spice season coming up on us. Yeah. Yeah. Today's <laughs> the first day of September. It is. It is. I can't believe we're out of August already. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's been a beautiful summer, and then the last couple of days the smokes kind of come in and yeah. and uh, created a haze. So I thought that was just you know maybe that was it, but that, hey, that makes sense. I don't know. I'm back among the living. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, we, we were half a decent pastor last week. So yeah. yeah. Glad you're back. I felt bad that I tried <laughs> to show up. And you guys were like, just please go home. Yeah. And I was glad I did because I, I was not doing well. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I preached on Sunday. Maybe shouldn't have because I was trying to project my voice and I was coughing. But I felt fine and I, I've been feeling fine ever since. Other than I still have this deepness and, you know, whatever you call it, frog in my throat. So You didn't keep your shield. What's that? You didn't keep your shield from. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know what I had. I think it was just a cold. I think it was just a garden variety flu bug. We'll go with that. I like seeing you in that shield. <laughs> that shield was rad. Yeah. I only wore it at CBC and only for Jeff. But yeah, but I, I have a picture of it. I have a picture of it too, yeah. So that, it ain't great. Yeah. I got a picture of you with a shield too. No, I have never worn a shield. Oh, no, I life. got a picture of it. Oh, I'd love to Ooh. see it. I'll, I'll dig it up later. Where Where was it from? CBC. I've never wore a shield. Yeah, I got pick. I got proof. I've never once wore a shield. Yeah, I got proof. We, so I'll, hey, I'll you guys that. are listening to this, right? We'll revisit this. Um, oh, he's, he's, going right, he's going in right now. Keep talking, but I'm going to find it. Okay. Well, we're gonna. Uh, so was I joking, or was it was I have was I preaching in a shield? I don't. I don't know. I just got a picture of you in a shield. That I'm pretty sure you sent to us. I don't recall it. Brent did. It's Brent. It's the one I have of you. Oh, I have one where I've got my two yep. thumbs up. Yeah, I, I got that one too somewhere. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. Chad yeah. is younger. There now. it is, right there. You and a shield. And a face yeah, mask. Yeah, that was a joke. It was a shield and a face mask. I thought you meant like a oh. serious picture where I was well, like that, preaching or something. That, that looks pretty see. serious. No, that was that was a total joke. Did I've he never worn glasses on, too? He doubled, he doubled up, so. Oh, it's, yeah, you got glasses, a shield, and a face mask. <laughs> All right, I was wrong. But so, I, it wasn't. Never mind. All right, so for the, for the, for the viewers that can't see this, just know that like proof exists. I'm in a super bad mood now. Yeah, well, now you're grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter, baby? You Any, got anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm ready to go. So, what do you mean? What are we? Oh. Where are we going? We got. Uh, where we got are we, we going? We got a thumbs up. That might have been because of your face. It might have been because I was wrong. Two uh, two <laughs> topics this morning. We're going to talk about one is keeping the Sabbath, and the other one is going to be debt forgiveness. So, uh, those that's where we're going, and we'll see how it goes. But All right. You guys ready to jump in? Let's do it. Sure. All right. Well, let's pray first. Father, thank you for uh, the time we can gather together. 
Thank you for uh, this podcast. Thank you for those that listen to it. I pray that uh, today would go well, that we would encourage the church through it, and that we'd have some fun in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Where's our new microphones, by the way? Next week. So we were told that uh, the podcast is good, but unlistenable in, in regards to the audio quality. That was extremely, like, little bit exaggerated. A little bit statement. exaggerated. But it is, uh, compared to the intro music, it is pretty <laughs> quiet. <laughs> so we're going to try to fix all that uh, for our faithful listeners. And uh, yeah, next week or the week after, we'll try to see if we can figure it out. So yeah. anyway, uh, debt forgiveness. That's the first one. So uh, President Biden, this isn't going to be political, I don't believe, so just hang in there. Uh, President <laughs> Biden came out with a debt relief plan for students um, uh, who have school loans, basically trying to you know, erase their debt. And, and it was interesting to watch, not the political scheme, because we knew how that would go. That always goes about the same. But the way Christians responded to it, uh, you know, kind of the extremes that Christians went to in regards to how we should view this. And I know you guys uh, try to keep your pulse on your finger on the pulse of what's going on out in the Christian world. I'm always watching the news. Always, yeah. always kind of keeping an eye. I love to see what happens in the church and in, in Christendom, and and so it's been kind of interesting. So I was curious as to what were some of the things you guys saw in regards to uh, the take on debt forgiveness in, in the church. Well, I haven't paid any attention to it at all. <laughs> I haven't paid attention to the news. Like I know it happened, but I don't even know like the details of it on what level or anything like that. And then I haven't paid attention to any of the Christians bickering over it. Oh, well, okay. I just, you're missing out, man. I'm like over, I'm like <laughs> some good over stuff. the bickering yeah. on stuff like this. Oh, okay. Everyone acts like they're theological on things like this, and it's just dumb. Yeah. Well, that was, the, that was the interesting part, is the, 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 where people went theologically with yeah, that. Right. So. And, and you, see, you see the two extremes, and, and, yeah. and nobody's kind on either. Nobody's charitable on either extreme. And so you see the extreme where, where people, you know, think they're going the theological route. So, well, Jesus forgave our sins, you know, Therefore, you know, we should forgive, you know, student debt. Uh, and then you see, you know, the other side uh, from Christians saying, you know, pay your bills and, and, and not being kind about it. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, saying that it's not the same thing, which we'll get into that. But, yeah, you just kind of see these two opposite people for it, people against it pretty hard either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody being charitable in any of it. Well, I'm going to read a couple quotes. Has it gotten that nasty? Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Really? Yeah. yeah, if you get on Twitter, kind of look at this. So I'll read a couple I, quotes. I, I even saw a pastor call people morons for being into this debt forgiveness thing, like a pastor. Calling yeah. other Christians morons? Yeah. Or come? yeah. Well, let me read a couple quotes, and then we can we can talk about it. So this, this one was a guy named Reverend uh, Benjamin Krimer. He's a guy in Boise that um, I... I See his quotes sometimes. He's pretty, pretty uh, progressive, I would say. But I like some of his quotes. But not so much this one. He said, Imagine what it does to our culture's perception of Christ's gospel when Christians are among the loudest of those disapproving of people being released from their debts. And then he goes on to say, Imagine that we must take Scripture literally, then grumbling when people's debts are literally being forgiven. So, so that was his take on it, you know, that kind of idea. And then somebody else said, Is, is there anything less Christian than being angry about people getting help that was kind of a, yeah. kind of an interesting one too so yeah. and then the, the the kind of the coup de gras was this uh, if you're a christian and you're big mad about the possibility of student loan debt being canceled let me remind you that the entirety of your faith is built upon a debt you couldn't pay that someone else stepped in and paid for you so that was kind of that that side of it and then there was a guy on the other side who uh, I would say we would probably agree with theologically more so. James White? <laughs> yeah, but, but he wasn't super nice about it. Yeah, let's say his name was, so that people know yeah. that he's mean. So this is what he said. Even though he's right. He said, <laughs> Sometimes. He said, if you seriously think making me accountable for a loan freely entered into by someone who got a gender studies degree as a result 
uh, is somehow parallel to Jesus freely bearing the punishment of his elect people. You don't know theology, economics, or justice, period. So that was James <laughs> White, which... Is he right? <laughs> that's the question. Oh, is that the question? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So, you yeah. know, pe people are going into the idea of, you know, the, the, the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. People have talked about the year of Jubilee, which, you know, in Israel, that was every 50 years. You, you cancel all debt. Slaves, you know, you know, it was this idea. And, and so they're trying to use kind of these, these parallels as far as what we're doing. But it, what, 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 mm -hmm. what's the problem with all this or kind of what would be your take on it, I guess? I don't disagree with the sentiment behind what James White said, but yeah. he's just not kind about it. And that's, that's kind of where I, you know, where I would diverge. Like, like we can say those things in a much more charitable, uh, gracious way that, that would maintain our Christian witness. You yeah. know, like we don't have to be jerks about this whole thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't disagree necessarily with what he said. What's the problem with kind of what the other side's saying, trying to equate, you sent out a meme the other day that, you know, it was kind of funny, but it, I can't remember how it went, but it was the idea that, you know, Christ's forgiving our debt is, is it an, uh, analogous? An, an, analogous? Is that the word that you were looking for? Oh. Yeah. But the, the, the meme said, I'll pull it up and just read it. Cause it was, yeah. it was kind of funny. He's got this guy with his hands up, and he says, don't shoot, I'm biblically illiterate. And then the guys pointing the guns say, prove it. The guy with his hands up says, canceling student debt is analogous to God canceling our debt on the cross. Yeah, that was it. And then the other side of the meme that I sent back to you was, uh, it shows, you know, a picture of Jesus, and it says, Jesus' miracle of the loaves and fishes was a slap in the face to all the people who brought their own lunch. Uh, <laughs> Did people bring their own lunch? No, but it's the idea that the same idea. You know, some Christians pay their yeah, college no, no, debt off. And that's the idea, and it's you know. Um, so, what's the problem with this mindset of, of of trying to compare what Biden's done and, and our acceptance of that to what Jesus did on the cross for us? Are they apples and oranges? I think they are. Yeah. Yes, I think they're absolutely. Yeah. So, like there, like there's a reality to biblical principles, right? <clears throat> that oftentimes should be carried over because that's what makes a principle a principle is that it's just right. You know what I mean? No matter mm -hmm. what lines it crosses, but there are, there are there is there are foolish ways to use principles too to make a point. Yeah, and this may be one of them. Yeah. So, um, like what Christ gave us in debt forgiveness was something free that nobody earned, nobody put work on. So it's it's really bad for a Christian salvifically to say I got mine, but you can't have yours. Like we a lot of times Correct. look down at people and yeah. say. Christ saved me and I get to go, but there's no way he's saving someone like you, yeah. right? Well, if it's free, then it doesn't matter what you think <laughs> like, because it's free. You didn't earn anything. You didn't work for anything. This is just, we, you know, people worked and earned things, which the Bible has a lot to say about us doing that well. Yeah, so. it does. Well, there, there's nothing that compares to what Christ did on the cross. Nothing is analogous to that uh, at That's, all. I guess there's what no, yeah. no comparison. Yeah to it and, and you know what Christ did on the cross was a true legitimate forgiveness like debt was wiped away you know with, with this you know, by, student alone thing yeah by grace with the student loan thing like it's more like debt's being transferred it's actually being wiped away and we probably don't need to get into all that but, it, but it's just not the same thing right well it, and it's also uh, the, the debt was owed to Jesus and, and so mm -hmm. the person who the debt was owed to said I'm going to forgive that right. debt that's very different well he paid, he paid for it yeah, he, he paid in full for that but, which but he was had every, he had every right to do that so right. if, you, if yeah. let's say Chad owed David 20 bucks you know and you said I want my money right. and, and, and Chad said well I don't, I don't have the money to pay it to you and then I came in and, and as a third party and said Chad you need to you need to forgive that debt right. 
Well, who am I to do that? It's not my, it's not my dad. It's not my business. It's nothing. Right. Uh, now, if you said, hey, I want to forgive this dad, that, that's very Christian of you. I think that's the way, that's the attitude we should have. But sure. for somebody else coming in and actually saying you have to forgive that or, you know, that, that I, I would, you know, another person I would come in and say, hey, you know what? You will pretend like there's a guy in the room. There's not. But, you know, hey, you need to come <laughs> over and pay this debt for Chad. That's what's happening here is that you're, you're actually saying somebody else needs to pay a debt that right. you owe. Yeah. It's so, not anything like what Jesus did on the So Christ, Christ yeah. paid, paid in full for that which he chose to forgive. Yeah. The question becomes, like, who's who's paying in full for this? Yeah. <laughs> like, somebody is. Yeah. Uh, and somebody none is. of us are Jesus. Yeah, not going away. Uh, right. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It's a very strange way to try. But, again, I would say that there's a principle, uh, as far as Christians should, should take, that um, we should be the first... We should be generous. We should be the first mm-hmm. to forgive debts. We should forgive our debtors as they, you know, uh, we should have this attitude. So, the, you know, the ugly mindset that I'm seeing sometimes from people that we would agree with theologically isn't very helpful. I wish that we, you know, we were seeing something a little bit more compassionate sure, and kind. Right. But at the end of the day, this, you know, to try to compare what Jesus did on the cross to what is happening. It's a nice thought. Is, like it's a nice sentiment, yeah. you know, it sounds great and all. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the Bible actually tells us as believers, like being debt to no man, like, like yeah. there, there's... There's stronger principles and practical outworkings for the Christian of like taking care of our business and doing it well, as far as paying in full mm-hmm. and owing up to the things we get into, and you know, yeah. it, 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 there are responsibilities. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-one says, "The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives." Uh, Romans thirteen seven, "Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed." Right. I mean, there, there's a there's integrity about paying back the debts that you've agreed to pay back. Sure. And we should be those kinds of people as well. So, sure. Um, yeah. And I don't think we're, we're not debating today, you know, whether there was a need for that forgiveness, that forgiveness to happen or even the merits of, you know, whether it was a good or bad thing. Just that, like, our theology is kind of off the rails in, in Christendom about this whole thing. And yeah. I think we're just trying to bring some clarity probably to that. that point. Well, it's just not the same. It, you know, for people that are trying to use this as a, as a way that, I don't know, like, almost calling us hypocrites as Christians mm-hmm. because we're, we're against debt forgiveness and we right. were forgiven a debt. It's like, well, yeah, but... Not, not really the same thing. I think there's times in our lives where um, where it is, and I think it's a, more of an individual thing, but there's times like I own a business, right? Like there's times I've gone into a house over mm-hmm. the years, and you just look around, and you're, you, just, you just feel prompted. Like, you know what? Don't hand this person a bill today. You know what I mean? Like that's okay, and it is very Christian. Like you know, yeah. it's a it's a good sentiment, but I, I mean, when it's when it's on a, yeah. a level like we're talking about, that's where I think it gets sticky and a little cloudier, as far as what it actually is and what it equates to. Well, and I think yeah. that there's 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 ugly sin in both camps uh, sure. here. You've got you've got people that almost have this entitlement attitude where everything should be free to me, sure. and and, uh, and and it's almost an excuse to be lazy. There's nothing good about that. That's sinful. That's a sinful mindset. But there's also this greedy mindset. Where everything is, we've priced people out of just about everything that they need now, whether it's food or housing or, you know, health insurance or education. And so you've got, you know, both of these ugly problems that exist. Well, we've created an irresponsible system, right? Yes. And and that's really what this is a result of, you know, again, not trying to get political, but we've, this is a result of of digging a hole that we simply can't get out of. And so we, we figure, oh, we'll just dig it deeper and see if we can. You know, come out in China. Yeah, I don't know what the thought is. <laughs> I don't know what the thought is, but but the truth is, like this is this is all a result of our irresponsibility. It doesn't fix anything, right? And I and I think that's where there's a valid like conversation to be had in this. Is yeah. it, it's yeah. not actually solving something, and, and God does want us to do to be good stewards and to and to be responsible, whether it's on a 
individual level or, or a corporate level. So yeah. makes me long for a time when all of this stuff goes away and, and yeah. we were in the kingdom, you know, because it's going it's, uh, to happen. It's going to happen. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, and I think a good encouragement to, you know, anybody listening out there is that, you know, as a whole, like we Christians kind of stink at disagreeing with things. You know, yeah. just, just look at social media and Christians are not kind. They're not charitable. And we should be the most kind and the most charitable with people, even in our disagreements. So that's where I agree right. with that that very first quote that you read. I forget the dude you yeah. said was from Boise or yeah. wherever he was from. Is, is it's when we're the loudest about these things is the problem. And I right. totally agree. We see, we see the same thing with, with um, um, immigration. You know what I mean? Where you'll see the, that yeah. was a Christian debate with nastiness on both sides, and yeah. um, and it's not it's not so much that this side's wrong or this side's wrong, but it's the way that they're actually communicating their their right. side, which which is unchristian. Like that's where you, that's where you cease to be Christian. It's not whether you look at it this way or this way. It's the way you're yeah, how you you're presenting it. it. Well, and, and at some point, try to try to be able to reach across the table to somebody who thinks completely no different than you, and find some common ground. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You know, with immigration, it's like we, we all we're all immigrants in, in the body of Christ, and we've been grafted into. You know, we were not a people; now we're a people. We should have a heart for people that are immigrants. I mean, right. it's not. You know, again, there's also the idea that they come through the front door, not over the wall. I get all that. But that, that's but, what I was going to say. Is even if you see challenges with yeah. Them, you can you can be completely loving yes, and gracious right. in the way that you communicate yeah. those challenges. You yeah, know what I mean? We should be. Not, yeah. not just that we could, but that yeah, we should show, be. That's so all. That should show be a mark as a Christian, right? Yeah, amen. All right. That was, a, that was a little one. Now, keeping the Sabbath, we're going to talk about that. Um, the Sabbath, I think, is something that uh, trips up a lot of Christians. It's, uh, you know, do we, do we keep it? Do we not keep it? Is it a benefit? Is it a burden? Uh, what do we do with the Sabbath? I think we've seen those extremes. Well, should we talk about the well, maybe you're going to go here. That of why it's a it's maybe controversial. Well, let's first just talk about what it is. What is the Sabbath? Just in case anybody's not familiar with it. Well, I know God that sounds weird. But. In the Ten Commandments, yeah. You know, uh, where is it? Exodus. I have it written down somewhere. Exodus, Exodus twenty, 20. <laughs> verses eight through eleven. You shall <coughs> set this day apart, keep holy for rest, right? Um, and rest. so, like that's what the day was given for. But the challenge or the controversy becomes in the fact that it's part of. There's other nine commandments that come with that one. And as Christians, as the church would still look at, we're not under the law, but we would still look at the other nine commandments and go like, this is good. These are good to God. God mm-hmm. still wants us to pursue these things, right? But then we'll look at this one, the Sabbath, and go, but, but not other, that one. Not that but one. the other nine were all repeated in the New Testament, David. So, well, the Sabbath was I, I'm, I'm, Boom. We're going to get there. But I, actually, it, it is. I just talked about that. That was a, you need a mic to drop right now. I wanted to, but I But this is where it becomes like an argument for, for uh, you know, New Covenant Christians that still, right, hold to the Sabbath, right? It's the fact that they go, they go, why don't you just be consistent? You know, you look at these other nine and you know they're still important. So, like, yeah. why are you ditching one of them? You know what I mean? Why are you, why are you just... Anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll, get, we'll we'll move into that a little bit more. But it actually, um, I, I would even say that the Sabbath, the whole idea of Sabbath, predates the law um, all the way well, back to creation. Mm-hmm. Hebrews so, tells us that. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, we see we see it instituted really in Genesis, where God creates in six days, and then on the seventh day. But I mean, the, the writer to the Hebrews in the New Testament recalls that, like he, mm-hmm. he calls our attention to that. It's, yeah. He makes that connection. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we, we see a pattern from the beginning of God. Yes. Working six days, yes. resting one day, not because God was tired or needed a break. He doesn't get tired, but but we see this pattern. And, and interestingly, um, this idea of a of a seven day week has kind of 
persistent through all cultures, whether they're Christian or not. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of see this. They're not million-year days? Well, I don't think so. In our week? Well, that's another like, conversation sure? for another time. That might, yeah. might be next week's topic. But, um, but anyway, so, so let me ask this. What is the point of the Sabbath? Why did, why did God institute it? What are some of the aspects of it? Do you want the Old Covenant answer or the New Covenant answer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Chad. So the Old Covenant answer, like it, it was a sign of covenant with God. Yeah. What else? You already mentioned rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I mean, were you going to go to Hebrews 4? Well, I think yeah, we're going to end there. Okay. I mean, at some point we're going to get to the, the idea that Jesus okay. is our rest. Is that where you want to go? Well, that, that is the new. You're just going to get right to the. Just, well, no, it's just the new. That's the new covenant reality. No, the like, point, yeah. kind of so, why, why does the Sabbath exist? Well, well, a lot of it's for us, right? Like, a yeah. lot of what's in the law isn't just like the righteousness of God revealed, but it's also for our good. Right, for yeah. our benefit. Right? And, and rest is for our good. So, yeah. whether you as a. As a New Testament a Christian today, observe a Sabbath still, or you don't, we all still need rest. We yeah. need to be finding ways to rest our mind and rest our bodies because that's that's the world we live in, the body we live in, and it's good for us. So um, that that's part of it. That's partly where I'm yeah. going with it is the, the, the practical nature of the Sabbath that God's given it, us. It was it's, for rest. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're wired this way to yes. where we need to take a break. Yes. Um, it's important. I mean, if you've ever worked seven days a week for exactly. a long period of time, it will. It'll wipe you. You right need to out. be refreshed yeah. so that you can physically, yeah. mentally go out and repeat it again next yeah. week. Like that's just the way it is. God knew that, and so that that would be like more of the Old Testament. You know, yeah. to me, yeah. um, it, it was just a human benefit. You know, yeah, it was so, a physical so, benefit. So rest and health, both yeah. of those things, yeah. are a real right. a real aspect of what the Sabbath is. Which, which is, I think, good for us to to like. Just, I think we just made it clear, but. Um, it's good for people to know that it's it, it was primary for our rests, right? Because a lot yeah. of people will try to equate it to, like, worship. Like, oh, this day was just about worship. And it's actually not if you go back and look at it. So, but, it, but, it but it was about that too, don't you think? No, no, no. There was, okay. there was, there, there was mindfulness of God yeah. and not being right. busy with other things. You're saying but it wasn't fully about it that. It wasn't primary about, primarily about that. You won't find that there. It's, and, but people will try to make it, oh, the, they'll try to equate it with the Lord's Day. And what the church is doing now and switching days and it's like no it, that, that I, I would say I would say worship, primarily for worship in the way so maybe not like where you just set yourself aside to wake up in the morning and start to pray and sing and you know that kind of worship but but in the idea of priority um, be, well, because I think you know so often we 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 think we have to work we have to earn we right. have to we have to do these things and to take a day where you stop and just say you know what I'm going to trust the Lord right. I'm going to enjoy my it's family an act of worship. I'm enjoy it it's is an rest. act of worship because you're yeah. you're trusting in God well when you're not doing yeah. other things yes you can you can actually pay more attention to God right with your yeah. mind like it's not mm-hmm. it's not rocket science but let me just read the um, the ex, the Exodus thing I don't know if you were going to but here's what it says about it when it was, yeah when it was given. Mm-hmm. Is it 18? 20, verse 8. 20, verse 8. I assume. Yeah, I was thinking 18. 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, which just means, you know, set apart, separate, you know. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God on it. You shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea, and all that is in them and rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So you see that it's set apart for him, but primarily like it's, it's like don't go do things, like rest, you know. So, yeah, I read an interesting article this week. I made—I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, something the Gospel Coalition put out. And it, was, it was an older article. I can't remember who wrote it now. But anyway, 
I was talking about this idea of just kind of how in the West, like we're conditioned for the weekend, right? So our five yeah. days of work and then our two days of the weekend and the weekend is where, you know, we get our fun in or get our home projects done right. or whatever. And, and, you know, church is just another thing that's, you know, part of the weekend, okay. right? Um, and kind of contrasting it with this idea of, of the Sabbath, you know, working six days and resting one and, mm -hmm. and, you know, doing that as an act of worship to God. Anyway, just was kind of an interesting thought, um, just how we're, we're conditioned for the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, th there's a rhythm, I think, that, that I, um, is an important aspect of how God has created um, that, you know, I don't want to miss out on that um, the way we kind of even, I don't know if you've ever been sick or you go on vacation, you, you, everything gets thrown off when you don't know mm -hmm. what day it is anymore. Um, this idea of, of a reset each week, um, this kind of almost a shalom, I don't know what you, you know, how you refer to it, but there's, there's something in the way that we're wired. You were going to say a yin and a yang. No, shalom, <laughs> I like the word shalom, this rhythm that it exists from creation and actually goes all the way into, when you read uh, Isaiah towards the end of it, uh, well, the very last chapter, um, it says, for as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain from new moon to new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath. All flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. You have this idea of, of the Sabbath thing at the beginning, and, and you, he still refers to it in the kingdom. This, this idea of, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if we're going to have a six days of work, seven, you know, one day of rest, and even in, in the kingdom. But, but he refers to the Sabbath as though it's still going to exist. Like there's something about the way he's created and mm -hmm. wired things. This seems like it's going to be there. We're going to get there. But anyway, interesting. You're just chopping up the dinner. Yeah. No, it's just, I, I just feel like it talks about a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. So the Sabbath, um, is it law or is it gospel? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Wait, what? Is it law or is it gospel? Yes. Because I think that's part of what's confusing to Christians sure. is they don't know what to do with it. So yeah. what would be an example of it being law? We just read well, that. if you, if you if you if you say that everybody has to observe it, yep. let, that it's a moral duty uh, to be accepted by God, that's law. Yeah, that sure is. Jesus plus Sabbath equals salvation, and that's like this. I, I grew up with Seventh Day Adventists, and they they were uh, crazy about this thing. You know, they would they would leave. Mm -hmm. We would be in the you know hanging out in the, in the neighborhood, and then my buddy like right at a certain time as the sun was setting. He would like, gotta go. Yep. He would head into his house, and then the next day, about the same time, he would come back out again. Yep. And I'm like, where did you go? What did mm -hmm. you do? And so I had to keep the Sabbath. And it was clockwork, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was very much this legalistic thing. Yep. And, and the early Seventh-day Adventists even said if you were a Sunday keeper, that you, you wouldn't go to heaven. You, know, yeah. you, you had to keep the Sabbath if you wanted to make it to heaven. So I have a yeah. son that enjoys uh, soft, uh, soft Sabbath. But what I was going to say is like, so, so it's, it's law if you're commanding people, like yeah. you have to keep this. I would also say that it's law if we as Christians are telling people like my son or, or someone who yeah. feels convicted to keep it, that they can't, like that, it, that it's wrong and stupid. Yeah. So like it goes, like law can, mm. can simply be right. And I think that Paul actually speaks to that so a couple of places. You're probably going to go there. Romans 14, even Colossians chapter 2 actually speaks. Well, I can, yeah, I can just read those if you'd like me to. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 16 says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Yeah. So, so mm -hmm. when it becomes a command yeah. from one of us to somebody else as a believer, like either right. way, 
that becomes yep. law. Yep. Yeah, I, I think um, <clears throat> anytime we add anything next to Jesus yes. for salvation, it's 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 a problem. But I think the other thing is true too that this you can view this as gospel. How could we view the Sabbath as, as gospel? Because I think the in the New Testament it says that. God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. This right. is actually a gift to mankind yep. for us to enjoy. Yep. And we treat it as though it's this kind of almost a, yep. an irritation. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I, kind think, of I think you just answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the answer. Yeah. Like it's a day of, like, you, you got to sit and time out <laughs> all day from enjoying anything. So, yeah, have fun. That's for you. What a gift, you know? That's how my friend was. I mean, he hated that. You know, I got to go in and what are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> go sit in the corner. Just going to sit in my room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was torture. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think this is what God had in mind. Yeah. You know, this doesn't make <laughs> sense. put on poopy drawers all day. <laughs> Pretty much. Just sit Okay. Talking about being grumpy, that'll make you grumpy. That'll make you grumpy. Uh, Romans 14, <laughs> let me read Romans 14 because we referenced it too. It says, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So, so a matter it's, of faith. Yeah. It's very and possible conscience. to enjoy uh, a Sabbath day of yep. rest and, uh, you know, not, not impose it on anybody else, but, it, but you know, be convinced in your own mind that this is something you're supposed to do and yep. do it under the Lord and, yeah. and, and enjoy it. Yep. Yeah, so, so that, that's where it becomes gospel, is that it's an act of worship, an act of faith that you're engaging in. And in that context, it doesn't seem like that person is expecting anybody else to do it or, or requiring or commanding anybody else to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of more of a personal you know, decision to say, I'm going to do this yeah. in honor to the Lord. Or the person that's, that doesn't feel the need to do that also is in honor to the Lord. Yep. Yeah. What day is it, by the way? It's always Saturday. It will never be any other day. The Sabbath is Saturday. <laughs> Thank you. So, so the Christians didn't come along because Jesus rose on the first day of the week and changed the Sabbath right. to Sunday. The Sabbath will always be Saturday. No, the, the Sunday is just the day that we come together to worship God yeah. as, a, as a collective. It's weird how many people don't I don't get, it. don't get that. It right. drives me kind of crazy. The Lord's Day the is Lord's the Lord's Day. day. Yeah. Yep. And I think that if you read even you know early writings in the church, they wanted to make a distinction between the Sabbath and the Lord's Day. And not try to you know make them the same thing, and so there were probably Christians who were still keeping the Sabbath as a day of worship for the Lord and joined the Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think Romans makes it clear that yep. you know if you, if it needs to be a Monday, it's okay. You know for you sure. can do that. You yeah. don't have to. You know sometimes practically speaking. Yeah, the bottom line still is rest. Yeah. Like yeah. at some point you 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 still need this. So yeah. like find you know find yeah. find time to do that and find what how it works for you. Right. Yeah. The, the rhythm that you mentioned, or like the rhythm of work and yeah. rest, is is important. Yeah. We, yeah. we need to have that rhythm. It's it's hard to do. I mean, it's funny because I think some people think pastors, um, you know, do nothing all during the week, and then Sundays is there. You mean you guys don't? <laughs> 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 you guys are doing. Wait, whoa, you gotta on. hang out with me more. We, we, anyway, we don't give people a peek behind the curtain. Then, then Sunday is like the Sabbath day, you know, the, where we, we we have our, our our one spiritual day of the week or whatever. I don't know how they, I don't know how this works, but but Sunday is probably the least restful day. For me, of all the days mm-hmm. of the week, it's it's uh, part of it's my personality, but part of it's just it's a very draining, exhausting sure. day. Whether I'm preaching or not preaching, Sundays are not a day of rest. Sundays <laughs> are work on every level. Yeah, yeah. Mentally, physically, yep. Uh, yep. Psychologically, all the way around. They're I right. love Sundays, but they're not yep. restful. Right. You know, they're not. Uh, that's not what they are. So I try to pick a different day of the week, um, and and it doesn't always work out. But I know you guys try to do the same thing, where we just have a day where you kind of just put everything aside and just kind of 
and joy, yeah. peace. Yeah. It doesn't usually work, but the, no. the, it, it works enough to where you, you get yeah. the tank filled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, David? No. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Are we done? No. No, Hebrews, Hebrews 4 is kind of the... Uh, uh, Sorry, you were trying to go there from the start. We're doing a hymn, or <laughs> no? I got to get to Hebrews four. I didn't print it out because I figured we'd look at the whole thing. So this is kind of the um, um, another way to view what the Sabbath is for us now. Well, we're talking two ways, right? Yeah. So there's the, the physical reality, which is for us, you know, just just physically, as far as living on this planet. Like, we need the rest, like we talked about. So there's that, which is, I think, the way God originally gave it to us. But then there's the spiritual reality yeah. of a Sabbath rest, which is the Hebrews 4. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think um, um, we can just read through part of it. Uh, Hebrews 4, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. And the examples of Moses, right? And yep. the the people that were in captivity with him not being able to enter the promised land because of what they did in the wilderness on the way there and right yeah i mean just for context yeah what you're right and in verse three he talks about how you know he swore to moses he would never he would never enter into his rest um and so um verse four says for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way and god rested on the seventh day from all his work and again in the passage he said they shall not enter my rest since therefore it remains for some to enter it and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter it because of disobedience. He again appoints a certain day today, saying through David long ago, uh, "Don't harden your hearts," and so forth. Um, but but he but he talks about there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, mm. and and that's kind of the part that um, I think we we disconnect from Sabbath. So there, there's this idea of what God instituted from the beginning of creation was always pointing to something greater um, that we have to look forward to. And it really comes down to this idea of ceasing from our work, ceasing from our labor, and resting. Not not from our weekly work, but but really from trying to earn our salvation, trying mm-hmm. to measure up to God's standards, trying to please Him. And and this is really all found in, in Christ and what mm-hmm. He's done for us at the cross. So, so for you and I, this idea of Sabbath is that we get to that point where we... Uh, can exhaust ourselves through the week trying to, you know, please God and do these things. And then at some point when, when salvation occurs, we, we get to enter into a Sabbath rest um, through Christ. Yeah. Uh, and it is the greatest Sabbath rest I've ever experienced in my entire life. Right. right. Far better than anything that, you know, we've been talking about. You know, th- that's a, a type or a shadow of something that's right. much greater. So Jesus is the better Sabbath. Jesus is right. the better Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. The final Sabbath, the ultimate Sabbath. You know, yeah. however, however you want to say it, that's what the writer is saying here. And, and he's using, right, the, the captivity in Egypt and, and then the, the exodus from Egypt to a promised land that God has taken them to mm-hmm. as a parallel, which, like, helps us actually interpret this text well, right? Yeah. And so, like, I see it as kind of, it's kind of three-tiered. Like, there's, there's kind of three sides to this deal. You've got the, the physical component that we just simply need on a day-to-day basis as human beings mm-hmm. that we talked about. You've got the spiritual component where our, our works, any works of righteousness we produce, uh, fall short, mm-hmm. right? And so we get to rest from our works, like you just said, when we come to Christ. But then there's also the reality as people in Christ that we're working to glorify his name till we reach the promised land. That's, there's like this this three-tier step up that's yeah. kind of a reality here. So, yeah. yeah, future rest. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yes. The, it's the, now and not yet. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's 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 we know it's true right now, yep. and and every once in a while we get to feel a sense of it. Right. Um, it's probably more theoretical in some ways than it is <clears throat> realized. Yeah. But um, but there's going to come a point where it's fully yes. realized. But all of it, yeah. now and then, is solidified <clears throat> only because Christ is the Sabbath yeah. right. for us. Yep. Yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, there's a sense in which we get to enjoy Sabbath rest every day. From our from our mm-hmm. works of righteousness, from our works yes. of yeah. trying to appease yeah. God and please God, that's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I have I have a good friend who's like I said this I grew up with him I still stay in contact with him and he struggles daily with yep. assurance of salvation. Yes. He, he constantly thinks I didn't do enough. I didn't you know he's always worried about that. Right. And and he's tripped up even still on the Sabbath because that's you know. Well, this is the thing yeah. about this passage, right? Is yeah. these guys were too. Yeah. That's the whole reason this book is being written to to basically Jews, <laughs> right? Who had converted is there was always that challenge. There was always that draw to go back to the imperfect, to go back to the law, right. to go back to the things that couldn't save you. Was constantly knocking at the door, and they constantly had that tendency. And I mean, that's what we basically why the book of Hebrews was written was to a people who were wanting to go back to Egypt or tempted to go back to Egypt and he's having to remind them that Jesus is the better everything like stop trying to trade the perfect in for the imperfect again I know yeah. I know it's tempting I know it's familiar mm-hmm. don't don't go there it still doesn't work yeah right so so what would you guys say to somebody that maybe is struggling with, <clears throat> with the idea of keeping the Sabbath as a Christian struggling which way yeah Either way, should I get way. The, have it to keep it, or, or you know, knowing that they're not keeping it, or yeah, I, I mean, I think what we read in Romans fourteen just addresses that that you know that that's a you know kind of more of a personal thing that like you get the freedom to make that choice to you know keep the Sabbath as an act of worship to God or to not keep it as an act of worship to God, um, and then that's it's a personal thing, um, and there's a sense in which like if it's sinful for you, that, that it's sinful. <laughs> Right, that, that you, know, you have you have the liberty to do that, and but, but at the end of the day, like what's driving that liberty is is faith and worship to God. And I would go back to what you said earlier. Like it, it was uh, Sabbath was made for man, not for God. So like it's made to be a blessing yeah. to us. So if, so if it's not a blessing, however you're doing it, or however you think you need to do it, <clears throat> you're doing it wrong. But you, you, you may you may want to rethink it. Yeah. Because it's meant to be something that that actually that actually gives life to yeah. us, not yeah. something that takes it. Yeah. So, like, that's a good point. I well, I, you know, I think of the the idea of anything we do when it comes to <clears throat> legalism. If it leads you to pride, you're doing it wrong. So, if you mm-hmm. if you're this kind of person that sure. says, you know, I keep the Sabbath, sure. you know, thank you, Lord, that I'm not yeah. like these other people that don't keep the Sabbath. <laughs> right. I mean, that kind of a thing where you it's a badge of honor because right. you're doing it so awesomely. Then then that's bad. If it leads you to despair, like my buddy who just constantly feels the weight of I'm not doing this well enough, right. I'm not doing this well enough, that, then you, you, this is a legalistic sure. law-based thing that isn't, isn't helpful. You're, you're doing yeah. it wrong. But if, if, this, if it leads to the idea of rest and health and worship and, and it's a blessing, mm-hmm. enjoy it. It's, right. it's a gift from God for enjoy us to enjoy. Enjoy it and, like Paul says in Colossians 2, what we read, yeah. do not judge others for yeah. not doing it like you do. Right. Like, this is the key to everything, to yeah. all of Christian life. Yeah, is is not not going there. But so. I would just say that it's something that is uh, it's it's a good practice to get into for families, for people, you know, dads that are out there working their butts off and never taking the time to be with their families. You know, you've got all kinds of examples of this where we're running ragged all the time, and to actually just stop and and make rest and health and the Lord a priority in, in some way. Like I'm not trusting in these things, mm-hmm. but we're trusting in you. It's kind of it's in a way it's weird. It's kind of like tithing. You know, when you when you make that 
deposit, mm-hmm. um, you, you're, you're really saying, Lord, I trust you. And, and, and the Sabbath can be that kind of a thing, too, where you're just saying, we trust you as a family. We're going we're gonna to just stop and rest. Um, it's a and blessing. Then, and then there's, there's people whose whole life is a Sabbath. Every day, every day is a Sabbath. What, what do you say to them? Like the kind of people that want their, their college debt forgiven? I was going to tie it in, and then I thought against it, but you did. Or, or retired people. Is that, is that where you're going? No, I don't know where I'm going. There's just some people that, that can, you know, they need to get out of the Sabbath. It, it yeah. is funny, the, the reverse of this, and I guess it does tie in. That there, there's a mindset right now of, like not do anything no and, and have everything provided for you. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very sinful and a healthy mindset. Yeah. And this is part of the really the bigger issue with your first subject. Yeah, it is because work <clears throat> and a growing mindset. Well, we think we think of work, and I think even in the church we think of work as, as a part of the curse. Right. But work preceded correct the curse. Yep. Work was in the yep. garden before yep. the fall. Now the fall screwed work up. Yeah. It right. made it stink. It became laborious. You know, sweat yeah. and thorns and yeah. stuff, and you know dirt. That all came because of the fall. But work is a blessing, yep. and even the idea in heaven. I think we, we, we get this idea that we're not going to be doing yeah, anything. Yeah, we're going to work. You know, here's your harp. There's your cloud. You know, enjoy heaven. It's like enjoying the Sabbath. Yeah. It's like this is the worst. I'd rather do just about anything. <laughs> There's going to be productivity of some kind because God's made us to be productive people. Sure. And and I know for for us as men, when we're not being productive, when we're not doing the things that you know it, anybody. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think yeah. anybody, but especially yeah. for men, it's very emasculating. Yeah, for you, sure. You feel like a piece of duty yeah if you're not working and, and, right. and contributing yep. it's something that is important for everybody to do yeah um, I, I would say it's uh it it's sad to see kind of the shift that's taking place right now sure that's not very helpful yeah and it's kind of cool like i'm thinking right now of just some people in our church who are retired mm-hmm. and, and yeah. have time and and by a lot of accounts have probably earned the right to just have a sabbath for the next 10 sure. 20 years whatever um, you know, to, to rest and not do anything, and there are people that are out every day, you know, engaging in the lives of others and, and um, you know, ministering to others, and um, you know, when when they could be just sitting on a beach somewhere with their feet kicked up, and they're not. Yeah. Um, and what a cool thing that is to see, for and sure. a cool example uh, for us to see in the church. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So work is good. Rest is good. God, God, God is, is good. good. Yeah. Amen. Yep. God, God is good. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add? It's going to be it's going to be a short a short uh, session today, but that's yeah. all right. Uh, I could run through a ham real quick. <laughs> you just pull it out and just cry, cry, cry a little. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah. I think we covered things today. Pray us out. Yeah. Chad, is it me? Are you? I, well, yeah. It's not me. I'm, I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> Brent just did. God, thanks for today, and um, thanks for the rhythm of work and rest mm-hmm. that you have given us, a good gift that you've given us, and so pray that you would help us um, to view that rhythm uh, rightly, uh, that you would help us to do the things that we do, both in work and rest, uh, in faith and as an act of worship to you. Um, and I do pray just from our, our first topic that you would help us uh, to engage in just the hot-button topics of our day uh, as Christians in ways that are charitable and kind and loving uh, in ways that uh, show a watching world of who you are just by how kind and charitable we can be. So help us in those areas, and we ask it all in your name. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in. Stay out of the smoke. Yeah.
Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org. Thank you.